Hello, hello, hello. David Levin here. Inner Game Journal, April 1st, 2020, April Fool's Day. Not kidding. It's a real journal. Oh, my goodness. First, I guess I just want to apologize. It's been almost five months since I did my last one. I just sort of lost the feeling of the weekly rhythm. And as with so many things, once you take a little break, all of a sudden it becomes a big break. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, um, not that it's an excuse, I guess, because part of the point of the whole journal is to talk about things when there's a lot going on and what it's like to deal with that. But uh, anyway, that's kind of my excuse slash situation. Um, had some really stressful stuff early December. Had to go out to California, help my dad move back home from his sort of a nursing home situation. That was, oh my gosh, so stressful. Matter of fact, honestly, I've had a note on my calendar since then to talk about uh, the particular techniques I used to deal with some of the massive anxiety spikes going on during that period. And uh, five months later, I still haven't done it. <laughs> but one of the things I'm hoping to do now as I'm getting back on track is to maybe do some more of these, right? I'm still not 100% committed, but I think it's a good idea, especially during these times. And also a couple of ideas for some helpful posts. One is that idea about how to deal with anxiety. I mean, like a real, genuine, sort of, I want to call it almost an attack, right? I mean, you're just kind of freaking out physically, all those symptoms going on. And uh, I had some moments like that uh, during December and uh, just had this particular technique. I may have talked about it before elsewhere, but I can't find it if I did. Super helpful. I mean, it works. It basically works, which is remarkable that it does. So I want to do a more detailed post on that. Um, I've got another one that's uh, it's kind of fun, actually. I don't know if, if you've read the book, Raise Your Inner Game, or done the training, but I talk in there about the Inner Game Tracker, that spreadsheet where you track your stuff. I've been using that um, with our kids, 11- and 14-year-old children, during this break and trying to help them have some structure. And uh, it's going pretty great. So I think that might be something worth sharing, too. I've got a plan to do that here before too long. The big thing I'm doing right now uh, to try and help once I got into the point where I could start thinking about that, the first couple of weeks, I guess it's been about three weeks now, I was really focused, kind of a, um, I want to say survival mode, but it wasn't quite that intense, but that's certainly the theme of it. I was focused on us, um, me, the kids, Margaret, just, you know, the disruption. What are we doing? <laughs> but the last few days, I've started to broaden my perspective a little more now again, getting a little more settled and starting to think, okay, how can I help? This is part of that. But the big thing I wanted to do right away, and I'll tell you about it now, is um, basically I've taken my Raise Your Inner Game Academy, the online training that's the deep dive around the material from the book, and I've opened that up to the public for free for now. It's a $250 course, basically. And I just thought, well, basically people need it. You know, I mean, not to aggrandize it too much, but I don't want to tell this whole story again, but this sort of a moment where there's uh, a stressful public period and I was observing how the stress was affecting me as a person and making me not be the person I want to be. And interestingly enough, it takes me a little while to really picture that. Like you just start to get pulled down and get a little crabby and depressed and all those things. And all of a sudden you go, wait, hang on, what's going on? 
And you're like, well, of course, there's all this stress in the world, right? And then you snap out of it. So anyway, I don't tell the whole story, but this is exactly the kind of situation that made me write the book in the first place, literally, although not this intense. So the material in Raise Your Inner Game is absolutely the most powerful and effective uh, things and strategies, whatever you want to call them, I know of anywhere, period, to help deal with, you know, high levels of stress, abnormal levels of stress in their lives. So I thought, I've just got to get it out there. So um, please do tell people about that. Um, you know, if you've read the book, you should take the training. If you haven't taken it, you should. I mean, it's free and we got extra time. You might as well. It is, um, it really is the best. And again, I don't mean that to be self-aggrandizing. It's not entirely stuff I made up, <laughs> but uh, it's just super effective. And this is the time. It's the, I'll, I'll say a little bit here. One of the main insights I had at the time was, when I first started this was, you know, when we're under times of extra stress, those also tend to be the times when we need to be at our best, when we need to thinking, be thinking the most clearly and be the most present with people around us and all those things that we identify with being our best. So right when we most need to be our best, the reality is our wiring responds to that stress in a way that's basically pulling us in the opposite direction. The more stressed out and threatened we feel, the more primitive we get, the more frightened and defensive and isolating and all those things and negative, um, which are the exact opposite of what we need. So right now, we collectively need the ability to take control of that inner mechanism and rise above that stress more than ever. And I just really wanted to put that out there. So, you know, if you know anybody, I mean, if you're not, even if you're not talking about it between you, right? Some of that stuff's kind of private and we're not talking with a lot of our friends. Um, we're all feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. I was reminded of this because I was listening to a guy on a podcast, a guy uh, fairly famous in the tech world. I certainly know of him. And uh, the podcast was not on the subject, but right near the end, he says, let me just ask you another question. And he was just talking to this guy. He says, so many of my friends were engineers, coders, entrepreneurs. Everybody is so crazy stressed out. What do you have to suggest about that? And I thought, right, of course. Everybody's stressed out, even if we're not talking about it. So please do share that far and wide. Just send it to my site, davidlevin.com. There's a blurb there and a link. And then go right into the course and further, you know, the next few weeks anyway, that course is going to be available for free, and I just cannot recommend it enough for exactly these times. All right, so let me just talk a little bit more about my inner game lately, because that's what this tends to be about. <laughs> uh, I mentioned I had some really high-stress stuff in December around my dad. Um, he ended up actually passing in January, which, um, you know, is one of those sort of sad things, but the reality is um, it was mostly relief. Um not to say it wasn't hard, but so glad to finally have it, you know, finalized. He was sick for a long time and they were running out of money and it was just insanely stressful for me and everyone involved. Um, but I was organizing most of it. So it was really uh, weighing on me heavy and uh, we got him moved home, but that was always going to feel like sort of a temporary situation because for some more details I don't need to go into. And then in January, you know, it ended up um, resolving. So well, that's not the best word for it. Anyway, he died in January. 
Um, and I'm glad he's not there right now because how much more complicated would that be worried about all this? They, he lives down in the L.A. area. So California, they're both in their 80s. Anyway, that was a big thing. So that really knocked me off in December. Then we got through the whole holiday period, which is always stressful for me. And especially, you know, you know, it's okay, but it's just a lot. And, um, you know, for an introvert, it's a lot of that sort of energy that's not the best. And uh, it's especially bad for any sort of, you know, impulse control, bad habit stuff, um, all the holidays and all that. So like you look at my tracking sheet now. Oh, man, it's really something. Since the first of the year, and I'm talking about December, but since the first of the year, there have only been, I think, eight days in the last four months where I didn't have a Coke. And I can tell you in the last, you know, three, four or five weeks, it's not one, it's two or three every single day <laughs> with, you know, maybe a break here and there. I'd go, oh, this is crazy, it's too much. And then I would back off again. I mean, get back on it again. But right now, as of, I, as of this moment when I speak to you, I've had seven days straight without one. It's pretty remarkable. It's really interesting to see how hard it is to get back off something like that. Um, also, uh, reading the news, which is one of my big uh, problems, one of my big triggers that cascades into everything else. Same thing, even worse, actually, during that same four-month period, maybe seven days only over four months where I wasn't reading the news. And these last few days... I mean, okay, the last few days I've broken it, but these last few weeks, I should say, since the crisis started, the pandemic crisis, um, you know, five, six times a day, hour or two, probably reading, constant. I would read it right before I went to bed. I'd read it first thing when I got up. The absolute worst things you're supposed to do, the worst it can possibly get, that's what I've been doing week after week after week. And so the interesting thing in there for me is that, Having said all that terrible stuff, I mean, I wasn't exercising hardly at all. I put on a few pounds of weight to the point where it's becoming a real noticeable issue for me that I'm going to have to do something about here. Um, but during all that, my overall sense of my um, energy and focus during the day was not as bad as you might expect, given all the things I mentioned. I was still, you know, basically pretty present with the kids, not too extra crabby. I was feeling pretty good about all the ways I wanted to be uh, during that time. But still, there was a kind of a load. And I just a, well, about a week ago, I, one morning, I was like, you know, maybe just no Coke this morning. <laughs> and that's, that's a sign of that crazy negotiation, right? I mean, why would it be hard at all? Why would it even be an issue? And by the way, who am I talking to in that discussion, in that debate? But I woke up and I was like, you know, maybe it's this morning. Let's not have one with breakfast. Let's see if we can wait till lunch. So clearly, again, a little inner game reference there. I'm talking to somebody, right? There's somebody else in there I'm debating with. Anyway, so yeah, I made it and then through lunch and all of a sudden, okay, that's feeling pretty good. So I got through about three or four days of that. And I think that woke me up to a little bit of uh, a new level. And all of a sudden, three, I guess three, four days ago now, I was like, you know what? I got to get all the way back on. The weight thing, the energy thing. Uh, another factor is that with the kids home now, you know, most of my work day is pretty much the same. Same with Margaret. Our level of disruption with this coronavirus thing is relatively lower from a lot of people. But the kids being home all day, uh, 
is a thing. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I do some work before they get up. I get them up. We do some breakfast. I get them started on some schoolwork. I check in again at lunch. And they're always asking me questions. So the ability to focus and get work done has definitely taken a bit of a hit. And I felt the need to get stronger about that. One of the big things there is the ability to pivot your attention. You know, you the kid knocks on your door, comes into the office, has a problem. You want to be totally present with them. And that's a huge priority for me right now is to be as fully warm and present and engaged with them as possible to help manage, uh, the, you know, this disruption. So when they come in with the question, I don't want to be like, Dan, don't bother me, right? I'm like, great, what is it? <laughs> but then I got to come right back and click back and get back to work and get some good stuff done. So that's a real need that I've identified is directly linked to operating at a higher level with my inner game. That's one of the core benefits you get from this kind of cognitive control, self-regulation work. So like I said, three, four days ago, back on track. And all that really means is uh, all the stuff on my tracking sheet. So I hadn't been sitting. I want to look back at this here. I mentioned the lack of sitting, my focus sitting over the, I, well, no, sorry. I mentioned the Coke and the news. I'm looking over this schedule since the 1st of December. And it is almost exactly the same, which I guess you'd expect. I want to say maybe seven or eight mornings in the last four or five months that I actually do my morning sitting. It's crazy. So starts with that, getting up on time, having the sit, doing the morning journaling, getting the daily little exercise in. I've been a lot better with running and stuff lately. That's feeling good. Just, you know, if you look at my tracking sheet, just pretty much perfect all across there. And here's the thing, and it shouldn't surprise me, um, but it actually did. How much better I felt after even just one day of that. Just And I said it wasn't too bad before, and that's the truth. It wasn't too bad. But all of a sudden, to reconnect again with what it feels like when you're sharp with all those things, both the positive things and avoiding the bad habits, it is just crazy how much more positive and focused and upbeat and capable I feel. It's, oh my gosh. Seriously, I just got to say, if you are... You know, if you know the material and uh, you have been off track, completely understandable. Again, I was too until three days ago. <laughs> so don't beat yourself up about that. But if you have been off track and you know the stuff, man, try and get back on. It's the best thing you can do for yourself right now in every possible way for you, your kids, your family, your work, everything. So that's a nice reminder of that to me too. And so I guess that's about where I am. I mean, that's not a bad little... Report, uh, four or five months, not the best. Plenty of good reason for it. And I'm just reminded now again that when I really need to be at my best, this is the way to get there. It just is. You use the skills, no quiet, sitting, lifts. You manage your activities, you manage your bad habits, and you feel awake in a way you just don't when you're not doing that stuff. Awake, metaphorically, in a way that lets you be the person you want to be in every way you mean that. It's just so great. So uh, I will invite you to join me in getting back on track now. 
cannot think of a more important time to pull out those skills, dust them off, and put them to, put them to work. A, a reminder, please do share those. Please share that course with everybody. I mean, you can always get the book for free, although you got to pay for the shipping and handling. And that's a great way to go, too. But the course is goes so much deeper. It's so much higher impact, and it's free. And we've got extra time. So could do people a great favor. You know, not everybody is interested, but if they're not interested, they won't do it. So you don't have to worry about that. But it's a great gift to give people, um, just to remind them. And maybe, you know, kind of revisit it yourself, do it with them, whatever. It's great. All right, that's my report. A little bit long, but it's been a while. <laughs> Five months, crazy. I'm hoping, I'm feeling pretty good about the next period coming up. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in the world, of course. But uh, just the rhythms we've got here at home, the rhythms I'm reestablishing here with myself. Uh, yeah, good as it could be, I think. So there we have it. I wish you the very, very best. We will speak again soon. Keep your eye out for the other posts coming. If you're not on my email list, you probably are. But if you're not, you might want to get on there just in case. Because uh, I think those will be helpful. And anyway, there we have it. All the best to you. We'll talk again soon.